0: Well, hello, everybody. Good morning. I'm Robin Bright, and I'm absolutely thrilled that you're on this call and joining us. We're going to do about 15 minutes of prayer and power-up for your morning. We'll try to keep it as short as possible. Um, I've got a great word of encouragement for you guys today, and then my awesome Facebook friend, Daniel Marciano, who, by the way, is calling us from California, where it's 5:30 in the morning, which I didn't know that when I asked him, but um, he's going to be here and he's going to pray with us. So let's get right into it. Last week, we talked and prayed about the voice of God and about trusting him for our next step. We talked about the way His promises, we talked about the way he promises to make the crooked path straight as we step into faith and we move forward. This week, we're going to talk about recognizing the voice of the enemy. Before we talk about that, let's be sure that we're clear on where the battle is taking place because that's really important. The Word of God makes it crystal clear, and a lot of times we get confused of where our battle is. A lot of times we think it's outside circumstances, like we think it's our job getting us down or our finances or people. That's a good one always. It's people. It's you know this person. It's If my husband wasn't so irritating, if this person wasn't you know, saying negative things to me. But that's not where the battle's going on. Nothing that happens to us is exterior. Everything, well, it might seem like it because things are coming from the inside, but it all depends on how we receive it. Everything takes place in the space between our ears in our mind. What the Word tells us in Ephesians 6.12, it proves it out. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. When you study these words out, the principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness of this world, it all refers to a calculating army whose entire goal is to invade your thought life. So it's not what happens to us that trips us up. It's what happens inside us, in our thought life. You know, and the enemy is calculating. He doesn't talk to us as an outsider, so that's a, another point of confusion for us. He doesn't say, "Hey, you, get up and go smoke crack, go and waste all the hours of your day, blow off work, procrastinate," because we'd never fall for that. The enemy introduces thoughts to us and tries to make us believe that they're our thoughts. Let's say we're looking in the mirror in the morning. He doesn't say. Hey, you're a complete failure. You'll never amount to anything. He talks to us more like this. Well, I mean, at least this is what he does with me. Maybe we notice a few wrinkles on our face, and then as we're looking at them, he says, hey, you're getting up there. You're over 40. It's a little late for you to pursue your passion. And then he watches to see if we take ownership of that thought. If we're young, he'll say exactly the opposite. You're just a baby. You've got no experience. You've got tattoos. No one's going to take you seriously. You should just wait. You should just put that dream off. The questioning and the doubting play out differently for every person. But there's always one goal in mind, and that's to take you off your path of whatever God's divine purpose is for you. These thoughts, this is how I like to think about it. These thoughts come to us as if they're on like a conveyor belt at a buffet restaurant. So picture it. There's the conveyor belt along comes a thought telling us we're a failure or telling us we're hopeless or maybe the thought comes as as a temptation telling us that we've had a rough day and maybe we should just go ahead and have a drink or two or, you know, go get that jelly donut that turns into five jelly donuts or, you know, whatever your addiction is, whatever your area that the enemy, you know, wrestles with you with. Maybe it's, you know, oh, well, I'm doing work and, I'm bored, so maybe I'll just get on and I'll look up some porn. It's it's different for everybody. Everybody's got the Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened with my um, conference calling, but it just gave me some strange message that I've never had before. Anyway, let's get back to it. So whatever our little area is, he will try to serve it up to you, whether it's, you know, eating or... Because everybody's got their little thing that they wrestle with or, you know... Everybody's got their thing. I don't have to name them all. So anyway, the enemy, he's not stupid. He's been playing this game with mankind since the Garden of Eden. So he talks to us in first person so that, you know, we're less aware of his tactics. He doesn't come to us and say, you're a failure. He comes to us like it's our thoughts. He says, I'm a failure. I'm an addict. I'm a terrible person. I might as well give up. And, of course, the enemy can't read our minds, so he doesn't know if we're taking ownership of the thoughts or not. But our actions and our words and what we do, they tell the tale of whether we're taking ownership or not. So if we do take ownership of the thoughts that pop into our mind, let's say we go ahead and crawl back in bed, you know, because we're telling ourselves we're a failure anyway. I might as well, you know, I don't have a job right now. Nothing looks bright. So that's pretty obvious to him that it's working. He gave us a thought. He told us it was our thought. And then we act on it. So he, he... He's won that little tiny battle. And it doesn't end there. Once you act on that thought and do something stupid, then he switches positions and he immediately becomes the accuser. The Bible says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. So then he switches it around and says, Look what you've done. Look what a horrible person you are. And you call yourself a Christian. Boy, you're a sorry excuse. So first he invites us to screw up. He gives us that and then he gives us the invitation to take this plate of guilt and shame to go along with it so basically you know if we're following along the buffet we've had a three-course meal and it's not even noon yet so as i was thinking about it and i was studying this out the next logical question would be so why is all this time and effort spent to give us these thoughts to entangle us and to get us to fall into fear and doubt and compromise and all these things what's the big deal I mean, it, let's say I waste a day or two days or a few years veering off my path. What's really been won? I mean, and we can say that, and we can lie to ourselves, and we can say, I'm not really that important. Why would the enemy be, you know, trying to get me to, you know, it's not the enemy. Why would the enemy be trying to get me to veer off my path by introducing all these stupid little things? But that it is. We are that important. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Everyone on this line with me today has a calling on their life. There's some work that you're supposed to do, something that you, specifically you, are to fulfill. People that you're to reach out to or whatever it is, whatever your plan is. There's a much bigger picture that we don't fully see, and that's why the enemy tries to get us off our path. When you go back, you can look all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and you can see how it all plays out. What did the enemy say to Eve? He didn't say, hey, eat this fruit, disobey God, who cares what he says? He's unfair, just do it. No, he came to her the same way he comes to us. He came to her with questions. He gets us to second guess and to doubt, and he he came to Eve with that with a question. He asked her, did God really say not to eat that? That's That's what he said. If you read it, he didn't come to her and say, oh, here, take this apple, take this fruit or whatever it is. He said, did God say that? So a little doubt and a little compromise came down the conveyor belt to her. So we need to learn, and that's what we're going to get into right now with these couple of scriptures. We need to learn how to deflect the thoughts that come to rob us of our daily progress. The word of God says in Corinthians 10.5, it tells us exactly how to do it. It says that we are to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That means the, resp- the responsibility is ours. It says, we take every thought captive. Ultimately, he knows that if he can get us to latch on to any thought long enough to build upon it with more negative thoughts, then we'll be stalled, at least for that day. And that's one more day that we're not moving forward. One more day that we're not fulfilling our, our plan and our purpose for, that God has for our life. So we pile up enough days of stalled progress. And then he'll turn the tables on us and say, oh, yeah, you had that idea. You had that, you know, big dream, but you didn't do anything with it. You're not diligent. You're a procrastinator. Don't think you can do it now. The enemy doesn't really have any new tricks. He works the same way every time. Like I said, first he invites us to question things that we already know. He'll, he'll come and say, really? And especially, like, in, in things that are acceptable in this world today, like, let's say, like, a long time ago I I used to work at the newspaper and I had a job that had us travel together in pairs like you know like if a married guy for example would take a trip to, a business trip to Miami with a single girl and sometimes we get into these decisions and these situations and the enemy will come to us and have us rationalize like is this really wrong? Well I mean I'm, I'm you know, I'm just friends with this person. I'm not sleeping with them. And I'm not saying that that's wrong for you, but I'm saying, is it? Are these little thoughts, you know, because that's how it goes. It goes like a little popcorn trail. He he doesn't get us to, you know, a guy doesn't wake up in the morning and say, I think I'll cheat on my wife. It's a little, it's a little compromise here and a little compromise there, and we take the bait, and, and he doesn't quit. So then when we finally fall flat on our face, possibly months later, years later, or whatever, and we're like, how did I get here? He's right there to accuse us and hand us that plate of guilt and shame that I talked about. So anyway, it's just about the same scenario every time, and that's why we need to recognize that that these thoughts are not our thoughts. These things that come into our mind that are not from God. When we do recognize them, God gives us the weapons to deflect them. The word tells us the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so we're not fighting in our own strength, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. The mightiest weapon we have when we recognize the lies of the enemy is the word of God. That's why it's so important to get into the word daily and fill your mind with who God says you are. That way, the scenario can go like this. The enemy says you're afraid, and you can say, to yourself, talk to yourself, no, the word tells me that God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. The enemy can come and say, you're confused, you don't know which way to go. No, the word tells me that God will direct my path. The enemy says, you can't do it. No, the word says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So when we feed on the word and we put these seeds in us, then we're able to pull them out when we need them. The enemy can come and say, you were an accident. Nobody really wanted you. The word, no, the word says, I was fearfully and wonderfully made by my creator. I'm not an accident. So even if you've experienced years of this poor self-talk, even if your parents or spouse or, or anybody has actually said these words to you, it still all depends on how you choose to receive it. Are you going to receive these negative words and take ownership of them, or are you going to believe what God says about you? So, you know, you might be thinking back and say, well, you know, all these things happened to me when I was a child. I was, you know, I had a lot of negative self-talk or whatever. Well, I was thinking about that when I was preparing for today. And I grew up in a very verbally abusive household. Um, it wasn't a pretty picture when I was, you know, a child. I was told for years that I was stupid. I couldn't do anything right. I'd never amount to anything. These words came to me through my, my mom and, you know, other people that were in my household until... You know, later on, I grew up and I got a hold of the Word. I got a hold of God, or God got a hold of me, I should say. And as I began to learn what God said about me, it's like one word from God telling you who you are is more powerful than decades of bad input. And the Word is available for all of us, no matter what we're going through. The work has been done. Jesus Christ didn't pay the price for your sins so you could enjoy heaven and escape hell, He gave us salvation. And if you study the word out completely, the word salvation actually means whole, equipped, free from any disease, hindrance, or anything that would hold us back. We have everything that we need. So no matter what comes up and whatever, it doesn't matter what we've been through, as a child, as a, you know, our first marriage or whatever, you know, I went through, you know, whatever you're saying, well, I went through years of wasting my life doing this, or I went through addiction, or I went through, you know, several you know broken relationships i haven't seen my kids in five years it doesn't matter whatever you've gone through or even whatever you've caused it's no surprise to god and he's already given us the victory all we have to do is believe it and receive it that's our job our job is to believe and to receive just to trust him even if we don't know if we don't know the word for a specific situation trust him and start getting into your word and start talking to him about it. Start asking him to make the way clear, and he will. So as we go into our day today, it's it's vital that we take this and we use this information so that we don't fall into these traps and this destructive behavior. And even when we do, we can get right back up, get right on the right path, because the Word also tells us, and this is really key, the Word tells us that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if we miss it, don't let the enemy beat you up. Don't say, "Oh, you know, I just did this." Who cares? Get right back up. Get right, you know, you're a kid. You fall off your bike, you get right back up and you keep going. We don't have to focus inward or dwell on what we've done. We don't have to be eye conscious. Me, me, me. Look what I did. Look what I'm thinking. Look what I just said. We turn our attention away and we look at Jesus and what he's already done for us. So, guard your mind. Don't take the bait today. Don't believe the lies. We're not failures. We're not sitting ducks for the enemy. The word says we're more than conquerors, and that's how we're going to face today. The past is behind us, and all of God's plans, promises, grace, and mercy are here for us right now. So that's my message for today. That's my little power-up. You don't have to believe the lies of the enemy. No matter what you've been through, God's got it covered. So we're going to pray today, or right now, and we're going to go in to this this day facing everything that with equipped with everything we need to walk out our calling. So, Daniel, if you're on the line, if you could pray with us. Oh, and I'm not sure. I guess Daniel might not be on the line. He's calling from California, and maybe he couldn't make it. Daniel was at work, and he said that he would do his best to get on the call with us today. So I'm going to go ahead and pray with us father god i thank you for this word that this is a sure word for us today father god that you have not given us a spirit of fear but you've given us a spirit of love and power and a sound mind that you've already given us the victory and you've already equipped us for everything that we're going to face today father god and i just ask that you would bless and bind up this word in every person that's listening to this and that you would bless them as they go throughout their day and continue to remind them that you are for them. And if you are for them, who could be against them? And what does it matter who's against them? Father God, I thank you for everybody on this call. And and I just ask you um, an extra, a little side note. My uh, My niece is having a baby right now. So, Father God, I just also pray for this new life. Father God, I know that you have plans and purposes for this life. And, Father God, I just ask that the pregnancy go smoothly and everything go wonderfully and that you would bless Allie and, um, and her family. And, Father God, I thank you for these people on this call. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Thank you, guys, everybody who joined us. Today going to be a great day with God, and I'll talk to you guys next time.